So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to sleep, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on this, the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. Now you're still going to miss out on things that we think are pretty important. You're going to miss out on an intergenerational community and the support and encouragement that comes along with that, inspiring music, charming children at children's time, and we won't be able to give you any cookies and coffee, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not perfect preachers or theological experts. We're your average pastor, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every day. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching your kid's soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Now, each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. And so whatever day it is, when you're listening to this, we invite you to snuggle up with a cup of coffee, perhaps, or maybe you're running around town doing errands. But we invite you to receive this with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note about those open minds and open hearts, we don't really expect you to agree with everything we say. We do encourage you to think for yourself. And so, whatever you're thinking as you're listening to this, our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious, loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. This week, in my continuing work through the all the R words in the dictionary. The alliterative alphabet. alliterative theme for Lent. We are at regret. Oh, good. Yeah. Something know. fun and light to talk about. A nice and light, nice light topic for Lent. And, and actually, I think it does turn into a nice light topic because it's one of the things we carry around that feels like rocks in our pockets. You yeah. Know? And we pick up little pieces of it and then all of a sudden we're like, why are my pants falling down? <laughs> because of all the rocks. Right, because of all the rocks. Yeah. Uh, which, which could lead you to more regret, actually. Yeah, it totally could. Totally yeah. could. I, uh, I, I guess, yeah, the flip side of regret is moving on. Moving on. So, yeah. yeah. So, that, I yeah. guess that could be a, a, so light, hope, a lighter topic. So, I hope we got there. But um, I centered this sermon on Psalm 51, like most of it, like 1 through 15. And it's it's the passage that says, creating me a clean heart, O God. Yeah, it's the, it's the Ash Wednesday psalm. And renew a right spirit within me. But it starts out with some pretty heavy, like, I'm kind of a worm, God, and you know it, and I know it, and right, it's how David. are we going to move forward on this one? It's David saying, yeah, I raped a girl and murdered her husband, but you know, yeah. like maybe there's a way forward from here. Right. But it's really funny because it's one of the few Psalms I read and go, oh yeah, I can hear the music in that one. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Yes. Oh, the 80s pop music in yes. church. Yes. Yes. So we read that and we also read the story of Zacchaeus. Oh, Zacchaeus was a, a wee, wee little man. man. A wee, wee little, little man, man was, was he. he. Yes. He climbed up in a sycamore tree, the Lord for to see. Yep. So we really know this story well because of the song, right? And the hand motions. Hand motions. Yeah. Right. Uh, In fact, I mentioned that and my music director started doing the hand motions. Did she? She did. She did. Joyce. She she supports me all the way. (laughs) Anyway, so if you don't remember this, those of you listening don't remember exactly anything about Zacchaeus except that he was short and he had to climb a tree to see Jesus. He was a tax collector. He was a tax collector, and he, he was kind of a jerk about it. He wasn't popular. He would skim and yeah, overcharge. Like everybody else did who had that job. But. Yeah, and, and overcharge people. and Yeah, so he he's not he's not a well-liked guy. 
No. And there's some grumbling. The ultimate small man complex in Zacchaeus. Right. And there's some grumbling when Jesus looks up in the tree, sees Zacchaeus and says, hey, Zacchaeus, get down. You got to go prepare a meal for me. I'm coming to your house. Yeah. Because everybody's like, but he's a jerk. But he's a jerk. Why would you eat with a jerk? I thought Jesus was on our side. Yeah. So, regret. (laughs) Jesus regretted? No. 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 I started out thinking about regret, about how regret is often often a learning tool, right? Like yeah. we do something and we feel this sense of regret. We don't like how it worked out. We're not cool with how perhaps we hurt someone. Or how we hurt ourselves. Or how we hurt ourselves. But the, the trick with regret is that we can walk around with regret forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, Chris, but there are a few instances in my life that I look back and I'm like, and you know honestly preaching this going yeah i haven't quite gotten rid of those yet i yeah. haven't quite let go of those yet yeah and it's it's work to it's work it's over work. and over again right. to let go of those i don't know anybody except one person who has ever bragged about not having anything to, to ask forgiveness for and it's not a person that i would use as a model for character in anyone right exactly so right. yeah i think we all have those moments i i love the um the ultimate example of this was the Young woman who is mad at her grandmother, so she goes to Vegas to get a tattoo. Uh huh. And she gets one that she wants it to say no regrets, like right across her upper thigh. Uh huh. And they misspell it, and it's uh-huh. no regrets. <laughs> and I just think, like, yeah, no, that's a regret, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's a total, that's just subtle regret. Totally undermined your whole mantra there. Like, some regrets are good. Right. But that doesn't mean we need to hold on to them forever. Right. Because even though regrets are sort of, are are definitely a natural part of being human, right? Because we are not able to make all the perfect decisions at all the perfect times and all the, I think we have to be really careful that looking back, like sort of walking, looking behind us Uh doesn't sort of become a reality. I had this thought the other day that wouldn't it be cool if my rear view camera on my car was on all the time? Because you know, so you like could how, see behind you all the time. So, so that you could look behind you at like that person you passed that you didn't understand what they were doing. And then I realized how dangerous that would be. Oh, yeah. Because we would just watch the people behind us all the time. We would get distracted all the time, right? Because you could see faces behind you. You can only see the back of a head in front of you. Right, right. Unless and squirrel's in the car and then you see squirrel. Then, well, but... She but, stares like a creeper even in the car. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like can you imagine... You know, I realized pretty quickly that's not a that's not a healthy way to live life. Right. And it's it's a great metaphor for actually I think how a lot of us wander around. We wander around with our rear view camera on and and think that we're going to change the future by keeping looking at the past and holding on to it and and regretting and feeling guilty and and all the the things that come with that. Uh-huh. And the way I, I kind of came to be thinking about it was it sort of it paralyzes us. Yeah, totally. Because it paralyzes us to see what God is doing in the future for us. Or where God is calling us into in the future. You mean it paralyzes us because we're afraid of that? Or it paralyzes us so that we can't see that? I think it paralyzes us so we can't see it. Yeah. But when we carry regret, kind of hold it up as a shield against God's grace and mercy. Yeah. And allowing that stuff into our lives in ways that enlivens us and allows us to have joy and purpose and um, potential. Yeah, absolutely. Despite us hearing over and over again, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. You know, we know that we are critical Mm -hmm. and we project that on God. And so whenever... So God's got to be rejected. God's got to be... Mad, Regretting that he ever risked anything, that God ever risked anything on us. Well, I mean, for me, it's more personal than that. It's like... 
if I admit this to God, even if God already knows it, <laughs> if I admit this to God, then I will have to deal with wrath. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. even if even if we sort of intellectually think or want to think that God is loving, I think that there's something there that prevents us. Like we have to really, it's a leap of faith to trust God enough to even be open about that. Oh, yeah. I and agree with you. when we do, we usually find that God is not, you know, the angry schoolmaster with the ruler. Um, but God usually meets us with, okay, let's move on from there. Yeah. Because there is joy and purpose and potential right. ahead of you. So the reason the Zacchaeus story is in here, right, mm-hmm. is that Zacchaeus is a perfect example of somebody who is living with some regrets. Like, we, we don't hear that. Like, we don't say it. Like, it's not like the Bible says. He doesn't say, woe is me. Woe is me. But... But here's Zacchaeus, who's a seeker of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Like he gets out, he gets out of bed that morning and says, "I'm going to go see this guy," and and is frustrated because because he can't see Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he climbs that tree, despite everybody going to make fun of him for it. Everybody's going to make fun of him for it, and despite who he knows he is, yeah, he goes to see Jesus because he knows he knows he's a tax collector. He knows he's a part of the oppressive regime, that he's not part of the, you know, he's put himself outside of his community. Yeah. And he's outside of the regime because he's never going to be a Roman citizen. Right. Maybe he's hoping Jesus doesn't know all that. Maybe, maybe. Or or maybe he's just trying to observe well, from or, afar to form his own opinions without actually having to engage. Engage, right? Maybe he's holding up some sort of boundary. Yeah. Between him and the joy and the potential and the possibility that Jesus could bring into his life. And I and I could see Zacchaeus being somebody who's sort of saying, you know, his internal voices are saying, why would God bother with me? I've messed up so much. Mm-hmm. I'm so far outside of community. I'm so far outside of what I've been told is the proper way to be. Mm-hmm. And so here I am. I'm going to I'm going to see what I can see. But I don't think God has anything for me to hear. Right. Like I'm a jerk face and God doesn't deal with jerk faces. Right. So. Right. Why bother? So why bother? And I think we can all identify with Zacchaeus in some way at that level, right? Like, Well, I'm definitely a jerk face. Right. Yeah, so. I am too. Not perfect. Yeah. Sorry, everybody out there. I know, pastors are always perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we tell you that? Didn't... Pastors are always perfect. They always right. get it right. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I love Eugene H. Peterson says something like, for starters, church is full of sinners, but even worse, they all have sinners for pastors. <laughs> Totally true. Yes, totally true. Absolutely. In some ways, we're, we're like Zacchaeus with the tape in our head that says we're not worthy. Yeah, over and over again. Over and over again. Um, or says that we've messed up so badly that it can never be redeemed. Or however that tape has been written in your head. I, mm-hmm. I, whenever I think about tapes in my head, I think about my former neighbor and seminary who one day I looked at her and I said, because I was just like the thousandth time I've heard about, you know, this, how, what her mother says about X or Y or Z. Right. And I just looked at her and said, you need to exercise your mother's voice from your head because it ain't doing you any good. Yeah. And sometimes that's just what we need to do with that voice that says you're not worthy. It's like, cut the tapes. Cut the tapes. You know, break the CD, (laughs) pull the tape out so you can't roll it back in and hear it again. That's what Jesus at least attempts to do for Zacchaeus. Because Jesus looks at Zacchaeus in that tree and goes, Zacchaeus, get down. And just like last week. It's like, Zacchaeus, get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get down. you got work to do. Yeah, that's ego that holds on to it. It thinks that you're so important that your flaws could get in the way of what God is doing. Doing, Right? And so I'm going to prove it to you by walking into your house today 
and showing all these people. Because he's also, because Jesus is also showing the crowd whatever like, they're holding on to, whatever they've got is, is not bad regret, enough. Is if not they, bad if enough. they think that they're not as bad as Zacchaeus, well, right? Then. Because that's exactly what they do. They go, well, which is something that's getting them in trouble because. You know, comparing, relating, judging right. your stuff against somebody else's stuff. stuff. When you don't know the whole story, that'll get you in trouble too. And so to say, uh, well, I'm not as bad as Zacchaeus. And Jesus is saying that was Zacchaeus, so Jesus will hang out with me. Right. Sort of like, well, well uh, yeah. you might be you might be stacking it up right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just by having that thought. Yeah. You might be stacking it up. I mean, but John Wesley, right, this was one of his things. Mm-hmm. So John Wesley, founder of Methodism. Yes, um, for those of you Another know. short man. Mm-hmm. Um, very surprisingly five one i think he's tiny uh he's tiny and he was also kind of weird because he didn't wear a powdered wig like everybody else back because he day. was cheap he was cheap he uh he didn't want to pay for the license to handle the chemicals to clean the wig which ended up being arsenic anyway so he also lived a really long time <laughs> so he, he had girl's hair he had brown hair while everybody else had powdered wigs on john wesley uh, grew up in a very strict kind of household mm-hmm. very pious household yes. and um, kept track of his sins oh, on a 15-minute yeah. basis in his right. diary. Every 15 minutes, he would write down how many minutes he had spent with his mind wandering right. or whatever. And it's like, geez, man, this guy. How many minutes did you waste writing all that stuff down, down. that nobody <laughs> yeah. will care about in 400 years? But okay. Except us, because we laugh about it. Yeah, right. So so John Wesley goes uh, to America to save uh, oh, the Native yeah. Americans. Mm-hmm. And fails splendidly in lots of ways. He fails with the Native Americans. He fails with the girl he falls in love with. He fails Mm -hmm. all over the place, left, right, and center. He comes back to, and he goes to a Bible study with the Moravians, which Mm -hmm. are like these gypsy German folk. Yep. And they're reading Luther's introduction to the book of Romans, Mm -hmm. uh, to Paul's letter to the Romans in this Bible study. And it's super dry. Don't recommend it's, it's not very inspiring. It's not very inspiring. But while he's sitting there, he says he felt his heart strangely warmed and he knew that his sins, he, he says, my sins, even mine, even mine are forgiven. And I, I think he's been this person who'd been so self-critical all the time yeah. that he'd never actually experienced grace. And the, the best thing about that story is that he also continues to worry about his sin. Oh, yeah. It doesn't fix it. Right. It doesn't fix it. But in that moment, and he, he does has it. something. He, go, and, yeah. he looks back and he goes, I'm not sure I actually felt that. He writes a letter to his brother. This is my favorite part. It's the sibling rivalry. It's totally is. He writes a letter to Charles, his little brother Charles, and uh, Chuckles writes back and says, oh, yeah, no, I had that experience two weeks before you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> of, uh, of feeling my heart strangely warmed and knowing that God even loves us, us. who are pastors who get it wrong. Right. And so... You know, thinking about who Zacchaeus is and thinking about who we are and how we're very similar and regret and stealing joy, stealing potential, stealing our purpose because we can't see how God could use even us. Carrying around regret is a problem. Yeah. And we do need to do the work. It's going to pants you. It's going to pants you. Yeah. And (laughs) we do need to do the work because God is not inviting us into a life of, of regret, but God invites us into a life of freedom. Yeah, God's not saying, hey, now is the time for the next 30 years of your life to be self-flagellating. Here's a whip and get to it. Get to it. No. God's got better things to do. Right? Like, we've all heard what the world intends for brokenness. You know, God intends for transformation. Yeah. And and that's a holy thing. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. Even even in the miracles where Jesus, like, provides all the food for all the masses, right? they collect the leftovers. Like, God left- cares about leftovers. Right? Exactly. And, and I... I was struck by thinking about 2 Corinthians 7.10, which says, in the NIV, it says, Godly sorrow 
which is another way of saying regret, Mm -hmm. brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But it's that godly sorrow, like the idea that, that you don't just hold on to regret. Yeah. You allow that to motivate you into without polishing it into, the, yeah, without turning polishing into, the pieces. Yeah. Um, you like know, sea glass. Like sea glass, right? And that, that we don't let regret be the lens through which we see the world. We all, we've all experienced times in our lives, perhaps, but we definitely know people who live that way. Yeah. If I'd only fill in the blank 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like I think back on my life and there are places like if only I'd gotten that job or if only I had done that, right? Yeah. And you think about how different your life would be. Yeah, totally. But also it wouldn't be my life. Yeah, it wouldn't be you. It wouldn't be me. You know, you have to be careful. You have to balance that idea of regret and godly sorrow. Like the grief over the missed paths, grief over the missteps. But not to the point where we become Queen Victoria wearing black the rest For of our lives. For 20 years. Yeah, exactly. 40 years. Was it really that it was, long? It was a long time. Wow. And so the response is, you know, the idea, you know, especially when we look at, like, look at the, the Kia story, perhaps, is our metaphor. You know, here we are. We're in that tree. We're holding on to all this stuff. We're trying to put up the boundaries. And we hear Jesus call our name. Yeah. And it's time to go get busy. Because Zacchaeus has to go set the table. He's got to go set the table. He's got to get ready for Jesus to come. He, then he starts to make plans about what he's going to do right. to make amends so that he can he can let go of. Right. Because what, what does done. he do when Jesus walks up? They haven't even had a meal yet. Yeah. And Zacchaeus says, I'm giving half of it away. And anybody I've cheated, I'm going to repay four times. Yeah. Right. Which the math doesn't work on. No, the math doesn't work on that because Zacchaeus is going to be broke. Right. But it's that all in feeling. Yeah. Right. Like we know what Zacchaeus is experiencing in that moment is he's saying, I'm in. I don't know how this works. I don't know how it's going to play out in my life. I don't know what it's going to mean for me in the future, but I am all in. Yeah. And I'm all into letting, forgiving myself so that I can move into what God would have for me. And so here's God inviting us out of our regret and into the future. How are we going to respond? Yeah. I'm just wondering how many people are like stuck with the same image in their head that I am, which is the pockets full of rocks. Sorry, I didn't give them that one yesterday. Oh, it just came so up this morning. Good. I know. It would have been really good. Oh, I, had a, I had a silly story that doesn't work. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, silly stories aside, it was St. Patrick's Day this last week. Uh huh. And you did you enjoy my my amazing joke? The amazing joke about. Um, the guy who uh, is Irish and spends all summer out on the deck. Right. Patio, patio furniture. furniture. Yeah, that's bad, Chris. Patio furniture. I was pretty excited about that. Okay. Yet another joke to regret. Well. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, shoot us an email. We are sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us at sundaymorningsleepin.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sunday Morning Sleepin. We are on iTunes and Google Play Music and Stitcher and SoundCloud and all the things. So scripture for this podcast was this Psalm 51, one. 1 through 15, and the story of Zacchaeus in John. Luke. Luke, Luke 19. Luke 19. Uh, the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. We end this podcast with a, a blessing, a, a sending forth, a, a go out and do. And so um, my go out and do for you is to, to let go of a regret this week. 
when it pops into your head and this tape starts playing, find a way. Find a way to let it go. Ask for forgiveness. Offer forgiveness. See what God would have you do. And move on. And move on. Amen. 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 Amen.